Duke's mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it, too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Duke's is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Duke's. It's got twang. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting for the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia. And this week, we're talking with Bel Air, Maryland's Duclaw Brewing. We'll also chat with The Bottle Share, a local Atlanta nonprofit serving the people of the craft beer industry. I'm Tim Dennis, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. How you doing? Good, good. Joining us today, we have Brandon Stanko, the head brewer of Duclaw Brewing. We're also going to be talking about Sweet Baby Jesus, Hop Guns, and Knocking Back the Pastryarchy. We will have Christopher Glenn joining us in studio to talk about his charitable nonprofit, The Bottle Share. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, too. Thank you. Brandon, we got into a beer here that, uh, you know what, we decided to start with the big guns here. So we are sipping on some Sweet Baby (laughs) Jesus. We figured we wouldn't waste any time. Can you tell us a little bit about this beer? Yep. So that's our flagship. It's our chocolate peanut butter porter. Um, it's one that we make a lot of. That's a lot of our production, and that's kind of like our baby. It's um, definitely one that we really, really like, and we really enjoy every day, day to day. And we just think it's probably one of the best chocolate peanut butter porters out there. You know, we were talking, Brian and I, a little bit a few years ago, because this came out in 2011. Yeah. I don't think anybody was doing them at that time. Were there? Was there uh, was a belching beaver? I think that did one maybe. I think that's about that's about one of the other ones that were that was out there at that time. Around that time, yes. Well, how did that how did it come about there? I heard that it was a homebrew competition. Yeah, it's it's one of our um former brewmasters. He him and his crew kind of had this homebrew competition. Uh, these kind of uh, local guys to Pasadena Bel Air. Um they went ahead and just entered it into the competition and uh, ever since then we just kind of you know brewed it a few more times and then kind of made it perfect to where it was and then uh, it was actually a different name back then and then once we had made that you know that final kind of recipe it was kind of one of those things where you taste and go oh my god sweet baby jesus that tastes sweet baby jesus (laughs) you know you can't just say it was called something different and not tell us what that was is that safe for radio to say what it was called or i don't know of that was before my time sorry didn't we see wasn't it something about toe massages no that was that was the uh that was the other one the uh dirty little freak yeah dirty little freak something about a toe uh Oh my goodness! I can't remember. There are no safe massage. Words. <laughs> there are no safe words. That's yes. right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, good stuff. We're looking forward to finishing this one up, and we're, I'm actually looking forward to the Dirty Little Freak, and we'll I talk about that one a little more. But that uh, the all the flavors in that one sound extremely good to me. So, Brian, what did you get into this week? So you know, Tim, uh, you know, I kind of. That kind of played it a little light, uh, you know, aside from a, a beer festival, a brewery's anniversary, a, bar, a beer release and a bottle share. It was a pretty quiet week. A uh, quiet me. week yeah, outside it was, it was of that? pretty okay. quiet. 
It's uh, good to take it easy occasionally. Yeah, yeah. You know, you need to rest a little bit. So yes. only four events. Uh, I I started things off at Wild Heaven for their standard deluxe uh, lager release. Right. It was a pretty tasty lager. You know, it's a, it's a uh, thing that was created for a friend of the brewery's owner who owns a t-shirt and print shop in Auburn, Alabama by the same name. It's kind of a a big uh, stopping place for people who are fans of you know, beer and you art. Know, I love uh, beers that have those kind of stories. Yeah. It's always cool stuff. And, uh, you know, had a little impromptu bottle share after that and uh, went through some interesting stuff. I might have broken out a can of Struzu in the process. Okay. So it wasn't planned, but I happened to have some with me. And, uh, you know, then there was the Butcher and Brew Fest. That was, that was a, fun. Yeah, yeah, that was a good time. It was a good time. It was a little small, compact thing, but pretty good. They, they made good use of the space. That's something, you know, I noticed for a small fest there and, in Alpharetta, uh, they had some really nice beer lists, good breweries and nice beer lists. You know, several of them brought kind of their big guns out there. Absolutely. We got some of Monday Night's Last Will and Testament, you know, the barrel-aged Old L, which, sure. which I love. That's a good one. One of my favorites of that, and it was stout weather out this week. Oh, absolutely. So, which we're just getting into here in Atlanta. But Good Word Brewing brought their Anna Fantastic, their Fruited Berliner. And that was, did you try that one? No, no, I don't think okay. I did. That was fantastic. They had a that, milk stock though, right? That did. we that they I did, did try, and that yeah. was very nice. Yeah, but that was one of my favorites of the uh, of the festival. That was really good. I enjoyed Twelfth uh, Labor. That was kind of how I started things off, and I really kept it at that level from there on out. And uh, you know, then it was off to a variant for their anniversary right. party. And I continued drinking stouts in accordance with the weather. So yeah, the my favorite there was Crazy Mocha Grandma. Crazy Mocha Grandma. It's yes. the number one on mine. They had also had cinnamon roast brunch, Good Morning, and coconut coffee dark alchemy, which is also yeah. great. I think that's a it might be an oatmeal stout. I'm not 100 yeah, sure. Yeah, Crazy but. Mocha Grandma Imperial Imperial Mocha Stout. Oh really yeah, really good stuff. But they had a lot of they had almost as many beers on there at Variant as the Beer Fest did. Matt's they seriously been doing some did. Brewing, man. It was like three pages. There was a booklet. There was three yeah. pages of beers that they set up, and there was no real lines Absolutely. for anything. Yeah, good stuff. Brandon, anything exciting or interesting for you this week? This week right now, we're filling all of our um, bourbon barrels with our barley wine. So we're coming out with Hell on Wood in a few months. And then uh, let's say about two weekends ago, we had our Day of Retribution. So that was our imperial stout that we age in bourbon barrels for six to eight months. Um, that was a really awesome day. And then um, I had a huge, huge bottle share that day too as well. Wow. Sounds like a good week, man. All of my favorite things there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Tim, I think it's time for the beers of the week. Crack open a cold one. It's the Truck and Tap Beer of the Week. Woo-hoo! Craft beer and food trucks in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. Well, Brian, as always, we have an excellent selection of beers to drink here. We did a little pre-gaming with Ironmonger's Billet. They've got a new version of that. Yep. The The Blood Orange is lighter in that one. It is. And that's a very good beer, but I really like that heavy Blood Orange in that. But if you're looking for more of a Pilsner, that is solid stuff. And, you know, as I said, we've got plenty of Duclaw there. Thank you to Duclaw for the nice care package they sent us. We have some excellent beers to get through here. We're going to get into their Sour Me Peach Sherbet Sour Ale. Uh, we're drinking the Sweet Baby Jesus. Now we're going to get a, into Sweet Baby Java, Brian, which Ooh. is this Sweet Baby Jesus with some espresso in it. Oh, yeah. And the one I'm really excited about, we have Dirty Little Freak, which is inspired by a Girl Scout, I think it's Samoa's. Samoa cookie. So yeah. caramel caramel and toasted coconut and a brown ale. And then we're going to fight the pastryarchy by drinking their beer, the pastryarchy and Imperial Pumpkin Spice Stout. And we got one from Monday night. We have their Sympathy Weight 
which is a uh, maple bourbon barrel we have that I'm really looking forward to getting into. We're going to have to make it through with just those beers, Brian. Just those, uh, maybe. Absolutely. We'll do it. We can do our best. So, Brian, what's happening this week in the news? What's in the news? The beer guys have the scoop. Extra, extra, read all about it. Time for headlines. Well, you know, Tim, big beer just can't catch a break. I've heard. I've heard that, man. I've heard that. (laughs) So in what is probably the biggest news of the week, or at least the most reported, Pabst is suing Miller Coors, claiming they're trying to put them out of business. At the moment, Pabst Blue Ribbon and a number of other brands, including Old Milwaukee, Lone Star, and Natty Bow, are contract brewed at Coors, and Miller Coors is contractually bound to do so until 2020. It gets interesting after that because the contract allows for two five-year extensions, but Miller Coors isn't into that. They say that uh, they're not obligated to, and uh, perhaps isn't paying them enough for the extension. They want to triple the price per barrel. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, perhaps is alleging all kinds of things like uh, them closing breweries to artificially lower capacity to make it impossible for them to continue doing it. And uh, they're basically suing them for $400 million in damages and uh, for them to adhere to the contract and continue making their beer. So, But if they if it only goes to 2020 with the option for an extension, they're adhering to the contract, right? I mean, they don't have to renew the option. And so that's what I was thinking. It seems like they're on shaky ground and they're, they didn't plan ahead. They didn't plan on what they're going to do in 2020. And right. uh, it doesn't look good to me, but I don't right. know the, the exact contract. And I mean, and from Miller Coors' standpoint, if you're brewing a competitor's beer that's popular, we know we know those crazy hipsters love their PBR. That's oh, right. Boy. So the California wildfires forced some breweries to uh, temporarily shut down two breweries. Sierra Nevada and Secret Tail Brewing, both based in Chico, California, closed last weekend uh, due to understandable safety concerns. Both of them have reopened. They both are uh, un- unharmed, as far as we can tell. And both breweries are donating funds to charity. The biggest thing is Sierra Nevada setting up the Sierra, Sierra Nevada Campfire Relief Fund, seeding it with $100,000. If you're interested in donating to the fund, go to goldenvalley.bank, and you'll see a link for it front and center on the website. Very cool stuff. Always good to help people out there. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a quick break, but we'll be back very soon to talk with Duclaw Brewing. Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, poppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their tap room in Marietta, Georgia to taste and see. Also visit their barrel room for an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing. Establishing a new standard in craft beer. We are Reformation Brewery, celebrating the reformer in you. Locally crafted within the renowned Etowah watershed of Woodstock, Georgia, Reformation creates yeast-forward brews full of aroma and flavor crafted to last. Come see us in beautiful Woodstock, Georgia, for a tour and tasting of unique brews that you can't find anywhere else. Reformation Brewery, set beer free. ReformationBrewery.com Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The numbers all go to 
11. Does that mean it's louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you missed an episode, don't worry. All episodes are available as a podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting app and never miss a show. We're talking to Brandon Stanko, the head brewer of Duclaw Brewing. Brandon, we rounded out the first segment with some sweet baby Jesus. And during the break, man, we uh, or I went through it quick. I think others are still working on it. But we drank some sweet baby Java, which is the, uh, the, same, the same beer with espresso, correct? Correct. Yep, it's the same beer. We just do about a pound of coffee per barrel, and we always make it in 120 barrels. Okay. Now, how do you do? I know, Brian, Brian, you were going to ask this, weren't you? I was. You go ahead. You ask. I was going to ask that uh, I thought I'd seen or heard that you actually use a hop gun to put the espresso beans into this beer. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. So basically, like I said, we do about a pound of coffee per barrel. So it's just me and my assistant brewer, Mike. Um, We open up 120 pounds of coffee, put it in the hop gun. And then we'll go ahead and run the whole tank through it, um, through our hop gun. And basically, it's just a huge tea infuser. And it helps to go ahead and extract all that really good natural flavor out of the coffee. We do that for about four to six hours. And then we stop the whole process. We'll go ahead and let it cold steep overnight. Just leave that liquid that's in there, close up the tank. Uh, and then in the next morning, uh, Mike will come in. And he'll run it for about another hour. We, we usually like to try to get at least... 20 to 24 hours in on that cold steep and then he'll run it through for another hour or two and then just shoot all the liquid into the um back into the tank and then keep the bean uh to the side so we don't get any astringency so is that pretty common that you just adding various adjuncts and things into the hop gun because i'd i'd heard of hop guns but i thought they were pretty much used only for hops yeah, we we basically use it for our, our adjuncts nowadays. Um, we don't use it for the dry hopping method. We we went back to the original method of dry hopping. Um, but last a couple years ago, we did a barbecue pale ale. So we actually had a spice company make a, a, a really good uh, rub um, and without the salt. And then we went ahead and fused it into the pale ale as well. I'm a little disappointed you said a barbecue. I thought maybe you put a whole hog down in the hop yeah. gun. <laughs> Rotisserie in the center yeah, of the hop gun. Rotisserie in there. So I'm curious, going back, so switching from the hop gun back, uh, why did you do that on, on your hop additions? Um, you know, the hop gun was you know, basically designed to go ahead and you know, dry hop beers in, to, in a four to six hour you know, kind of day. Um, whereas it would take you a couple of days to kind of get that dry hop aroma in. What we found is that the pump is actually shearing some of the hop oils and it go, it goes ahead and leaves kind of like a protein byproduct in the bottom of okay. a glass bottle, mm-hmm. which is not going to hurt the consumer. It's just very unappealing to the eye. So we went back sure. to the original mm-hmm. method of dry hopping and we've had much better success with that. Interesting. Okay. Good stuff. Yeah, that's that's it's it, always fun to know those little stories on the on the production process. Yeah, sure, sure. And I guess you wouldn't have the same problem maybe with the uh, with coffee because they're solid beans and they won't have the resins and whatnot. Correct. The yeah, uh, the co- the bean oil versus a hop oil is definitely way different. You're right, but it could cause some problems if you div- have a whole hog in there, Brian. Yeah, it might. definitely. <laughs> yeah, could clog up a little bit. So, well, Brandon, can you tell us a little bit about the history of Duclaw Brewing? Um, sure. Um, we are uh, 22 years old as of this past August, and we originally started out as a brew pub. And then um, later on, after you know many, many years, just you know creating many different styles of beers and, and many, many beers, um, the owner, uh, he is the single owner of uh, Duclaw. He decided to buy you know, a couple of restaurants. So we had a couple of Duclaw restaurants. And then um, 
I actually got my foot in the door at Duclaw as being the director of IT for all the restaurants and the brewery. And that's kind of how I got my start at Duclaw. Okay. That was actually a question I was going to ask. I saw on your LinkedIn, you said head brewer and director of IT. I'm like, boy, that is, you wear all kinds of hats at a brewery. That's an interesting mix though. Yeah. So that's how I originally, I got my foot in the door there. It was just uh, through the IT round. So what kind of IT does a brewery like that have? I'm curious about that because I do have an IT background. So when we had all the restaurants, it was just make, making sure that all the printers, back of house, servers, you know, SQL, um, you know, getting those online and making sure everybody has the correct menu, um, updating the menus uh, quarterly, weekly, daily, you know, as far as daily specials, and then it, all the way down to, into the brewery where I was making sure, you know, the glycol chiller was online. You know, the pro refrigeration could talk to it back and forth, and it was sending emails out and that sort of thing, and also getting other equipment online as well. So you could order a plate of wings and turn on the glycol chiller from the same, like, mobile <laughs> app? Is that, I could is that do, yeah. Mean? I could be at the Arundel Mills <laughs> restaurant and do that, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, it. you could after he got done with <laughs> <Yeah>. it, right? <laughs> mm mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Well, uh, I don't think we've talked to a brewery out of Baltimore before, have we, Brian? I don't think we have. So what is the Baltimore beer scene like? Uh, it is it is awesome out here. Um, we have a lot of new breweries popping up just about every week. And then um, the the camaraderie and the brotherhood, um, sisterhood in the brewer, of the breweries here are really, really awesome. Um, I'm probably the third largest, uh, biggest brewery in Maryland. And uh, I always tell everybody, you know, come by for anything that you want. If you need yeast, I can give it to you for free. If you want to buy some hops or some malt trade or whatever, whatever you need, just come come out and hang out with me. That's good stuff. Man. Yeast, the first taste is free. The next one will cost <laughs> That's you. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, that you know, it's cool to see that kind of stuff because I've sure. seen other breweries do that. I think a brewery recently did a wort giveaway. And here in Georgia, and I've seen others do that before where they they'll make wort and give it to home brewers, you know, give you like, come bring your carboy in. We'll fill you up with wort. You can go home. and. Oh, know, I've, I've told many, many a homebrew clubs that they ever want to come by and get, uh, you know, wort or they want finished beer in a corny keg or if they ever need yeast, they're, they're always f- feel free to come by. Man, I that, you know, homebrew club, you're lucky you're not here in Georgia, man. You'd be filling up some corn. Oh, you would. So. <laughs> I would do yeah, it in a heartbeat. That That's cool, man. That's awesome. <laughs> So you've won quite a number of awards at the brewery. I think 60. Is that is that right? Yeah. In my office, um, we have this like big kind of like uh, metal grate where we've tied all the medals to. And it, it's just very awesome to see every day. It just reminds me every day to push and push and make a better beer every day. Yeah, you've got to live up to the standard of a brewery that's won 60, 60 awards. awards right. To no me. slacking, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So, you got that right. Yeah. I took uh, I had a, a buddy home brewer who won his first medal and he was just just having fun with me texting back and forth being kind of arrogant about it and Brian Brian I have we haven't homebrewed in a while but we got what about eight medals total in Something our career like yeah so I took like a, an old school like European general I wore them all at the same time <laughs> yes. and took a picture and sent it to him so and uh, on a smaller scale but a similar thing with uh, with them all in there at the same time it shut him up. <laughs> now, what's your most awarded beer? Is it Sweet Baby Jesus? Yeah, our flagship Sweet Baby Jesus. It, it's definitely by far the most award-winning one. Is that your number one beer? And I, the reason I ask is it sounds like it would be, but I was looking at your website, and there's a blonde on there, and I forget the name of it, that said it was your most popular beer. So I don't know which one it is. For locally, it's our, pretty much our most popular one, and that one's called blonde um but basically for the the whole distribution wide it's sweet baby jesus everybody just loves duclaw sweet baby jesus Absolutely. that's if you hear someone that's not in the duclaw area 
distribution area talking about Duclaw, they're talking about Sweet Baby Jesus. Yeah, so, you're right. Yeah. I've so. had a, um, a couple of people that like I trade beer with, or you know, people that have traded, and they're all they always say that like, man, I tell you what, I get like all you know this really cool box and that's some extra like shelfy stuff. I get a couple of Sweet Baby Jesus, and that was my first intro to it, and I love it. And I was like, oh man, that's pretty cool to you know be included in such a you know sure. a pretty cool box yeah you know they're doing all right if they're getting sweet baby jesus as their as their shelfy extras in their beer box yeah <laughs> yep. yeah good stuff now another question too because when we got the the interview survey uh it mentioned that the bread and butter quote was your ipas and that so we've got the blonde the sweet baby jesus and that I'm assuming it's because there are a huge variety of the IPAs. They probably cumulatively outsell Sweet Baby Jesus. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, basically, every eight weeks, what we're doing is pumping out a new double IPA or IPA or sour IPA in, in the same category. And then along with that, the Sour Me series, that's also new every eight weeks. And then the Pastriarchy as well, every eight weeks, too. The Pastriarchy. I yeah. love that name. It's such a I great name. On there. Absolutely. <laughs> Every every few weeks, we always get uh, emails. If we open up a new territory or something, um, just people are upset about Sweet Baby Jesus. You know, why would you do that? You know, why don't you put Sweet Baby Mohammed on a, a beer label? And it's like, come on, guys, it's just beer. You know, <laughs> you, get, you know what? You should. You Actually, should release yeah. Be like, okay. Well, you're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take another break, but we'll be back very soon to talk more with Duclaw Brewing and the Bottle Share. It's Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock and Alpharetta are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks daily, so that way you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and coming soon to Duluth in 2018. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. Are you thinking about opening a brewery in the Atlanta area? If so, take a look at the Park at Georgetown. This unique community will feature a collection of restaurants as well as a craft brewery within the new JW Homes luxury development, Dunwoody Green. Conveniently located less than half a mile from I-285, this enclave of restaurants will be the gathering place in Dunwoody. Krim and Associates, the developer of the Park at Georgetown, wants to talk to you. For more information, call Todd Semrau at 404-226-6526. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. So, you know, if you want to, go ahead and uh, wear a Hawaiian shirt and jeans. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. I want to give a quick shout out to one of our great radio affiliates, KCPX 1490 AM in Moab, Utah. Catch Beer Guys Radio on KCPX 1490 every Sunday at 3 p.m. Mountain. We're talking to Brandon Stanko, the head brewer of Duclaw Brewing. But first, we're going to talk to Chris from The Bottle Share. Christopher, thanks again for joining us, man. We do appreciate it. We're going to talk about The Bottle Share. Before we talk about The Bottle Share, let's talk about The Bottle Share beer that you brought here to share with oh, us. Oh, the bottle share beer. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the, the the first one that we went with, we, you know, decided it was something that uh, the mass would enjoy. It's an IPA. It's super crushable. It's 6.2%. Uh, 
Um, it actually, I believe it's Mosaic and Idaho 7 okay. is what we yeah. used. Uh, so it's it's subtle, uh, but it's also it's it'll get you there. It's good. It's very tasty. Really nice beer. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. The mosaic sounds right. I actually taste a little stone fruit in this, and I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, I like that. Yeah. Now, who yeah. did you brew this one with? This was with the Dry County Brewing Company over okay. in Kennesaw, Georgia. Awesome. So yeah, you know, obviously I was a an employee with them when everything happened. Christopher, you're the founder of the Bottle Share, I am. which is a charity in Atlanta, Atlanta area based that supports people that work in the craft beer industry. Correct. So could you tell people a little bit about uh, your story of mm-hmm. how you founded the Bottle Share and what the Bottle Share does? Yeah, for sure. So I'll, t- I'll take it back to uh, January 6th of this year, t- 2018. Uh, I was the bar manager for Dry County Brewing Company. I was on my way home. Uh, I was at a complete stop at a Inter- intersection and a gentleman had passed out at the wheel coming off the highway hit me about 60 miles an hour uh long story short short i wound up with brain damage so i had atrophy of the brain all of this all of that so uh for the first six months i pretty much just laid in bed you know i was sulking poor me why me uh i was just being a big baby uh, but then um uh, Trey Sinclair, who is one of the owners of Dry County Brewing Company, said, hey, man, we're going to do this lift initiative video. Uh, I'd, I think it would be great for you to tell your story. Uh, it, great things have come from that. That was the very first step, you know. Uh, so I'm not completely healed. I don't know if I'll ever be completely healed. The doctors don't know. And you're up and about. I've seen you out at other events and that. You're able to get around that. So, yes. So there has been considerable healing even oh without a doubt uh I, I i there's if if i was to stay the way that i am right now there, there's no way that i could work for the rest of my life i used to right. be a real estate agent i have zero memory it's all gone i don't know how i got here today right you know, so uh, the bottle share can you tell us about what specifically the bottle share is and what they do absolutely so because i was uh it, working in the industry and i experienced an extreme hardship outside of the workplace i was on my own right right and uh i missed work because of it uh, thankfully i had a, a wonderful family that took care of me uh financially and and gave me a place to stay and all of this they just really took over but anyway, they were a great support system, but I, I started harboring feelings of guilt because um, of what I had. And some people are far worse off than I was when that happened, and they don't have anything. So the bottle share is really set up for people in the winery, distillery, and brewery industries that don't have that support. I want to be that family. I want to mm-hmm. be that support system that they wouldn't otherwise have. And what uh, what ways do you do do you issue the support through the bottle share? Exactly how do you help them? Certainly. So it's financially based uh, on, on day-to-day expenses. But we want to take care of people that you know need to feed their children, need to pay their rent, need to pay their car loan. They need to get around things like that. But unfortunately, they're just not working. That's when we step in and say, "Hey, you know, what's your situation? Fill out this form, provide us with uh, the appropriate documentation, and then we review it 
and 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 determine if we're going to grant somebody or not. Uh, just this last weekend, we gave twenty five hundred dollars to a family whose child was just diagnosed with uh, pediatric cancer. She's right. going through leukemia. Wow leukemia chemotherapy and so that was very important for us it was dear to my heart because they were the first ones that i was able to uh to help to assist and to see their how grateful they were made me realize even more that this is the path that i'm supposed to be on now this is my life chris we really uh, appreciate you sharing the story it's a fantastic charity but if people want to find out more about the bottle share and what mm -hmm. you do where can they do that yeah so you can find us on uh, facebook on instagram uh the bottle share official uh if you're inclined and you feel it in your heart to donate please visit www.thebottleshare.com there's a button up at the top that says take action and that'll take you directly to our donation page. Uh, so that's it through the beer, through donations, uh, through grants, through charitable contributions. That's how we get the money and then disperse it out to the people that are in need. Very good, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Wonderful calls. We'll be talking with you more Thank in the you. future, working more on that. Absolutely. So, appreciate it. Okay, Brandon, uh, I've got a question about your uh, sweet baby Jesus that I think will appeal to some of our home brewers. There's a, there's a lot of breweries and there's a lot of people out there trying to make chocolate peanut butter beers, but they kind of missed the mark with that. Do you have any tips for home brewers on how to uh, crack into making a solid beer with a good peanut butter flavor? Um, I would definitely just find a like really good porter or stout base and, you know, try to start perfecting that first and get it where you want it to be at. And then after that, I would start, um, you know, trying to introduce maybe some cacao nibs in secondary and or uh, also using PBW in the boil. That's like that peanut butter kind of powder type deal. And then oh, just yeah. trying to find that flavor balance of uh, you know, ratio that you like and, and go with it from there. That's what I honestly would do. You know, and that sounds like a solid tip for any home brewer. And uh, much like Brian, who wanted to run away out of the gate and start putting all kinds of adjuncts in, learn, sure. to, <laughs> learn to brew the base beer that you want really well and then start playing with the adjuncts, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's where I would start off first. Because if you don't, you might wind up on a radio show. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Instead of ruin, you may have to just talk about beer. So I, I wanted to ask about uh, your use recently in, uh, what is it, the Rule of Three DIPA. You you started using lupulin powder. Did you start there or have you been using it right along? And, uh, you know, what are the advantages of doing that? Uh, Rule of Three was pretty much our first one that we tried using lupulin powder. And then after that, we've used it in uh, Strawberry Letter 23 as well. Um, but for that, um, excuse me one second, um, for the rule of three, we wanted something that was uh, triple dry hopped. It has three base grains, um, three hops, and we wanted to triple dry hop. It just kind of call it the rule of three. We're going to do it, um, you know, three times, three things, three hops, that sort of thing. And, um, with the use of lupulin powder, you actually get a better yield out of the beer. When you're using the full pellet or whole leaf hops, uh, that pellet and hop actually retains more of the liquid than you kind of intended for. But when you use the lupulin powder, it's so high concentrated that you don't have to use as much and you get a better yield out of the liquid too as well. Oh, yeah. So you don't have as much of the pulp at the bottom with, you know. Yeah. Yes. All the hop solids. In exactly. There. Is right. the you're... flavor the same as if you were using, say, pellets? 
Um, I would say the flavor is almost a tad bit better just because you can use less hop and still extract the same oil content out of it. I was meaning to ask you about some uh, some other things that you might have done experimentally. I saw that you did lupulin powder, and I know that you had the hop gun that you were using for a while. Have you tried some of the other stuff out there, like a hop hash or hop oils? Or I think that hash is technically a different thing, but I've heard other people argue that it's not different than lupulin powder. I was wondering if you guys had tried any of that stuff. So I, you know, I work with hop pellets on day to day basis, and I've worked with hop. Um, uh, the lupulin powder and the hop hash, I believe, is just like a middle of the road type deal between the two. Um, and I've used those uh, hop hash in um, a, a lot of experimental batches on our prototype system. But other than that, we haven't used it in any kind of production sense. Good stuff. Brandon, we're going to talk to you more here in just a minute. We do need to take another break. You're listening to the Beer Guys radio show. We'll be back with more from Duclaw right after this. Looking for a great way to promote your business? CedarStream has what you need. For apparel, stickers, signs, and banners, we're your one-stop shop. There are never any art fees or setup fees. And if you need your items quickly, there's no additional charge for rush orders. Whether you own a brewery, bar, bottle shop, or other business, CedarStream is ready to serve you. Visit cedarstream.com for more info or call 800-686-7488 for immediate assistance. CedarStream. We print America. Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, poppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their tap room in Marietta, Georgia to taste and see. Also visit their barrel room for an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing. Establishing a new standard in craft beer. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram boy that escalated quickly i mean that really got out of hand fast now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show if you enjoy the show please consider supporting us on patreon just go to patreon.com slash beer guys patrons get some cool perks like beer guys swag and commercial free episodes we're broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia, and we're talking to Brandon Stanko, the head brewer of Duclaw Brewing. Brandon, we are in another beer here. We have got into the Dirty Little Freak. and The, the name is fantastic, and I'm sure totally unoffensive to anyone who drinks it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, even more so, I saw you know some of the the marketing for this. Uh, it's actually on the – I wasn't sure if it was on the bottle. I did say uh, – I did see it on the website, but uh, – I guess the mantra of this beer is there is no safe word. Correct. Yes. Well, yeah. Why does that phrase go along with this beer? I think it's just because, you know, it's a uh, it's a very, very solid, you know, brown ale base beer. And then we just added a couple more things to it. And uh, we basically wanted it to taste like a, a Girl Scout Samoa cookie and um, a lot of good caramel notes, chocolate and uh, coconut in there. And it just it really hits home. So. You know, I'll say I will say this about it. I expected it to be sweeter than it is. And I think I actually saw a video about it online that commented that, hey, this isn't super sweet. It's drinkable. You know, right. the flavors it is. are there. Yeah. 
And and that's with all our beers. We we try to make them, you know, not a one and done. We definitely want you to buy a six pack and be able to finish the whole six pack or go to the bar and have a couple pints of, you know, the beer that you love. So I want a beer that I can only have a four ounce taster of and then just slide off the bar stool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A number of people have tried that. Uh, you know, Black Tuesday is getting close to that. You know, I've noticed there's also no safe words involved in opening the actual Girl Scout cookie box. You're done. You're done. Yep. There's nothing no, you can say. It. It's done. It's, done. it's open. Yeah. Huh? You're absolutely finished. <laughs> this, you know, because it's not too sweet, that would actually pair quite well with the Girl Scout cookie. It would. Oh, from. yeah. Good stuff, man. Is there any thoughts of putting coffee in this? Because I want to put coffee in everything, and I'm going to ask that about every beer I like. You know, that's never come up. Um, you know, the, the Sweet Baby Java that, you know, the why we actually reproduce that now is because we were actually at an event. And at the at the restaurant or bar that we had the event at, they had Sweet Baby Jesus running through a randall of coffee beans. So that's basically how that Sweet Baby yeah, Java came about. Good. We loved it so much that we were like, yeah, let's go ahead and do this. You know, speaking of randling, we've played around at home with a French press. You know, yeah. if, if you don't have a randall, get a French press. We did a Mexican Imperial Stout one time. Sure. And someone's like, it's not hot enough. We're like, well, let's see what we can do. So, <laughs> yeah. so we threw peppers. a bunch of chili peppers, and one of our buddies had some uh, – they were wood chips from charred bourbon barrels. But they came in a bag of little chips. I think they were meant to use, like, sprinkling on your charcoals on the barbecue grill. So oh, we, put, yeah. uh, we put some charred bourbon chips, more jalapenos, and dark chocolate. And I, I think we maybe left it on there, what, like 10 minutes, Brian? Sure. Not too yeah. long and pressed it through. It was it, it was solid. It, it, it made did a the huge job. difference. Yes. It and it did hurt. The trick. It was painful to drink. Oh, it was. So if you're at home and you want to try randling your own beer. French press, baby. Use spices, fruits, whatever you want to do. Throw them in your French press and uh, press out a, a beer. Well, Brandon, we talked, uh, we've talked about a little bit kind of your IPAs and these delicious porters and brown ales that you have. And uh, we've talked about fighting the pastryarchy. But uh, what are what else do you guys get into? You have a decent sour program, correct? Yeah. So um, right now we have the Sour Me This series. So every eight weeks we're doing a different uh, fruit edition or fruit with dry, dry hopping or, you know, salt. Basically just, um, you know, Dave is kind of letting us do whatever we want to do and just um, – you know, he's, he's just amazing boss. And, um, so the sour me, this series, we, we started that and we just been doing like really crazy fruit additions. And at the same time, I've also in the meantime, been barrel aging some sours too, as well. So I have some sours that are, are in uh, bourbon barrels. I have some sours that are in uh, wine barrels and also red wine barrels too, as well. Now, what kind of sours do you personally like to do? Um, we do all clean kettle sours and okay. that's just, it makes sense for us. And, um, like all our beers are super clean and that's just the best way to get the fruit addition or whatever we want out of, out of that beer to, to come across as. Okay. So you haven't done any kind of, you know, spontaneous or even like inoculated sours after the fact, have you? No, we don't do anything wild inside of the, uh, the brewery itself or our brewery is about 60,000 square feet, a uh, huge warehouse. If in the, in the next couple of years, if we do, you know, keep progressing and making, um, you know, good headway. I will eventually ask the owner to buy another facility so we can do <laughs> some wild stuff. You know, a, a question I've been wanting to ask, you've got a variety of interesting like labels, designs, things going on. You've got a variety of bottles and cans, you know, sweet baby Jesus is in a bottle, but the uh, pastry 
Imperial Stouts are in a 16 ounce can. What's uh, what's the scheme behind how the beer is packaged and presented? Um, so right now in our warehouse, we have a uh, bottling machine that does about 6,000 bottles an hour. And at that rate, um, that's how we get Sweet Baby Jesus and Sweet Baby Java, Dirt or Freak Funk. We get them into the bottles and out there into uh, the world. Um, right now with the patriarchy and the sour me series and our, uh, double IPAs and IPAs that we do, um, they're on an eight week rotation. We actually have mobile canning come in and can our beers for us. I'm hoping within the next six months that basically the mobile canner is going to park a line in our facility and we're going to buy an additional line so we can do about, I think it was like, you know, 60 cans a minute at that rate, we'll be able to switch a lot of other brands over to cans. But once we do get the, um, we're planning on getting a, a million dollar canning line. And once we get that, Sweet Baby Jesus will go into screen printed cans, which will save us a lot more money. And we will definitely sell off the bottling line as well. Oh, okay. So I there's a stop. movement to cans. Okay. Correct. Can you imagine a decade ago saying you were going to put all your beers in cans or even trying to do that? Right. I mean, right. that was uh, yeah. uh, uh, the whole faux pas was like, you know, the cans, I can taste, you know, the metal liner. I can, you know, taste yeah. this, that, and the other. It's not that good for um, beer. But nowadays, even with mobile canning, somebody that's, uh, you know, parking their truck to the back of your dock and unloading all this equipment. And then still giving you less, you know, direct oxygen or oxygen in your beers and your cans are, you know, more shelf stable or last a little bit longer. Sometimes the equipment has become way beyond jumps and extremes. I mean, it just makes sense now. There's still some diehards that say, you know, I can't drink beer from a can. I've heard in Germany, they're very, very opposed. Oh, very. To canned yeah. beer. Yeah. It's still bought, yeah. They consider it almost, uh, you know, kind of trashy to drink yeah, beer from a can. You'll come along, Germany. You guys may have been the trendsetters on this, but but you just follow it. Along <laughs> it it now, was so. it's a, to the point this summer of being a crisis mode because they they will not drink out of cans, so they all need or yeah, they need bottles. But the thing is, is they recycle They're all their bottles, bottles, and right? people yeah. aren't returning the bottles, so they were running out of bottles. So they didn't have and beer. some of them even had to drink canned beer, Brian. I know. So horrible. I can't so even imagine. Yeah, I just took well, a Brandon, vacation in Germany, and they they even have like their some of their beers and shandies and rattlers in plastic bottles. So I was like, why not just go to a can? You know, they'd rather go with a pet bottle than a can. They're like, as long as yeah. it's a bottle, right? <laughs> Do a bottle shaped like a can with a screw yeah. off lid and just throw them for a loop. There, crazy stuff. Well, Brandon, I know you mentioned uh, when we were on break there a little bit that your 2019 release schedule is lined up. What's some of the excitement that uh, people can look forward to next year? Um, we just have um, like a, just a huge plethora of kind of fruits that we're going to be doing um, with the Sour Me This uh, program. Uh, our original, um, I built the program on a raspberry sour in 10 barrels. And it was, you know, our regular, you know, Sour Me This uh, beer, five and a half percent with, you know, a couple hundred pounds of raspberries. And uh, one thing to look forward to is we're going to do a double raspberry where I'm going to go ahead and do an Imperial Goza type version about 7% and with a double the amount of fruits as well. Um, double raspberry, double blueberry. Um, those are some of the things to look forward to. And even some of the more pastry things, we're going to do a lot more crazy things in 2019. Very cool. Awesome. Now, if people want to keep up with all the great things happening there, what's the best way to do that? Um, you can follow us on Facebook, uh, Duclaw Brewing Company and Instagram, Duclaw Brewing Company. Um, 
Twitter, uh, that too, Duclaw Brewing Company. If if you want to ha- if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at um, underscore 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 stank dank underscore underscore underscore. Um, I'm definitely you know <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel free to rewind if you need to. <laughs> yeah, so I, I definitely try to you know if you want to talk to me via message, I would definitely try to get back to you as soon as I can, and I always try to keep my content as cool and current, and you can find out the kind of you know beers I'm drinking at two at the same time. Very cool, man. Thanks so much for joining us, Brandon. We had a great conversation with you. We do appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it too as well. Thank you guys for giving me the time. Absolutely. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Coming up next week, we're talking with Fontaflora Brewing's Todd Boera. For more craft beer info, follow us online. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Make sure to subscribe to the Beer Guys Radio on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a great week, and don't forget to drink local. Cheers. The Beer Guys Radio Show on the Beer Guys Radio Network. BeerGuysRadio.com. Duke's Mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Dukes is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Dukes. It's got twang.